0: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's uh, edition of the Eurohoops podcast, the Eurohoop pod. This is Antonis Stroghielakis as usual and with me is as usual, of course, Adigoni Zahari. Hello, Adigoni.
1: Hello, Antonis, and hello, everyone.
0: Uh, Hello, everyone. We hope uh, you stay safe because some Euroleague teams aren't exactly safe right now because we we officially have... uh, a small coronavirus crisis among uh, some Euroleague teams. And I'm saying small crisis, uh, thankfully, because it's not a league-wide crisis as it is in the NBA right now. It has affected some teams, and I'm talking about uh, mainly Olivia milano The whole team is in home quarantine right now because they have six coronavirus cases, and according to the health and safety measures of Italy, the whole the whole squad had to be quarantined. And uh, there's also Real Madrid that uh, has multiple coronavirus cases. They have six players sidelined with coronavirus. Vesampo Arrer, uh, Thomas Hertel, Fabio Cosser, Gerson Garpozele, Juan Nunes, and uh, Anthony Randolph. And there's also head coach Pablo Lasso. who has tested positive with coronavirus. So essentially, Real Madrid is down six players and the head coach, but uh, as of now, the moment that we are recording this podcast, they will play uh, against Jessica Moscow. The game is expected to be held as usual. Uh, We don't know if anything changes because the situation uh, is very fluid and anything can change at any moment. Five minutes ago, Real Madrid actually uploaded a video. I think you saw <laughs> that video.
1: Indeed, that, that was a very dystopic video, I would say.
0: Dystopic. Uh,
1: like players uh, were practicing with their masks on due yes. to the small outbreak in the team, which definitely is dystopic. Uh, I don't know how. how is it possible to train, practice and sweat all of that uh, hard breath after... Running the floor, how does that feel with a mask?
0: Yes, uh, I, I can't even imagine the discomfort that uh, Real Madrid, Madrid players uh, were feeling during that practice. And uh, honestly, as you said, this topic and uh, a bit disturbing because uh, the the first thought that came from my mind when I when I when I saw the video, when I saw the images of this video, is. Are we going to see a EuroLeague game where players of both teams play with masks on? I don't know if, uh, I don't know if a game should, should be held under those circumstances. But uh, honestly, Adigoni, I have uh, zero idea how the game between Real Madrid and Teseca Moscow in Spain, by the way. Teseca is traveling to Madrid. They got the okay to travel for the game. I don't know how the game is, uh, is supposed to be held. I'm completely baffled by this. I don't know why the game uh, hasn't been cancelled already.
1: Yeah, same here. Well, same and and for that matter, you know, uh, it seems to me that they are trying to the best of their ability to have this game played for, you know, scheduling reasons, basically. I mean, no team wants to play several games in a week and then... Um, get exhausted, basically. So for that matter, Real Madrid has uh, actually included 17-year-old Baba Miller to their upcoming game against Jessica, as, uh, as you said, in Madrid. They're trying to, you know, present the roster, play this game and get get it done with and move forward, you know, until the situation gets better and players recover.
0: Actually, Real Madrid is forced to play with uh, several uh, youngsters, and uh, well, first of all, uh, I doubt if they are going to be competitive against FC Moscow with so many youngsters uh, playing this game. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Sadiq Kar- uh, Garuba, the younger brother, uh, the younger brother of uh, Usman Garuba, who is uh, 17 years old. You talked about uh, Baba Miller. There is eli uh, basically all, all those guys, uh, are uh, they're 70 years old. So, uh, Real Madrid- I don't see
1: actually, how this is going to work for Real, yes. but I, I can understand why they want to do it.
0: Out of all those players, Elie and has played, uh, has participated in four games this season, but we're talking about uh, small minutes and garbage time uh, in, uh, in four games. Garuba hasn't played the game yet, uh, and um, Baba Miller hasn't played the game. They, they will, they, maybe he will be used. But uh, honestly, I have zero clue at this moment how is this going to work. And as I said, I, I, I don't understand why this game hasn't been uh, postponed yet. It's not a matter of uh, you know trying to to hold the game. But, It's necessary, but it's a matter of risk infection. That's the way I see it at this point. Uh, Regarding uh, basketball, specifically, well, Real Madrid doesn't have any players. There's only Nigel Williams-Ghost, there's Adam Hanga, Jeffrey Taylor, Eddie Tavares, Sergio Yul, Tristan Vukcevic, and uh, Rudy Fernandez uh, was injured, but I saw him practicing with the team, so I'm talking about seven players from the senior team, actually.
1: Audience... A, weird, a weird situation.
0: A weird situation. And, uh, and those... you
1: know, um, yes. since we talked about youngsters, uh, the way I say it, uh, I'm sure everybody that's listening has uh, read or heard about the NBA outbreak as well and those hardship deals. Uh, they have signed players um, to come and somehow rescue the teams that have been affected by this COVID crisis. So for Europe, just getting youngsters that you already have in your organization is kind of the equivalent of that hardship deal. But I'm not sure if the results are going to be necessary or satisfactory. I don't know if you if you get what I'm trying to say here.
0: Yes, but at least those players who are signed under the, with those hardship deals are pros. They are not. Right. You know, That's another
1: difference, indeed.
0: Who are thrown into the fire just like that. Uh, of course, you know, Real Madrid Real Madrid is a team. Uh, Pablo Lasso is a coach who likes to use uh, youngsters in his games. And I'm not talking uh, just about uh, garbage minutes. We saw how he has used Tristan Vucevic or Nunes this season and uh, how he incorporated uh, Usman Garuba. Uh, before the player, you know, went to the NBA, but uh, I don't think he would force anything right now. And, uh, and at this moment, we are talking about a forced solution, because Real Madrid simply doesn't have any players. If they want to play this game, they have to use uh, to register the youngsters in the 12-month code. So anyway, uh, Real Madrid at CSKA Moscow, the game is planned for. Tomorrow, December twenty-three, or today, because you're probably listening to this podcast uh, on Thursday at uh, fifteen to nine CET time. And this is not this is not the only the only classic of Euroleague that we will have uh, Thursday, because there is the, the Grand Derby, the Battle of the Ten Arrivals, uh, the Greek uh, Mega Class, and I don't know. Any any other yeah. way is to any other way to characterize it. Panathinaikos Athens hosting Olympiakos uh, Pireus, nine city excuse me eight city at OAKA Arena. Now uh, the two teams already faced each other in the Greek League, where Panathinaikos grabbed uh, a stunning, uh, according to the situation of uh, those teams this season, and according to the situation that those teams were in that game win at Olympiakos, they became the first, and they are, as of now, the only team to beat Olympiakos this season, 81-76. Uh, so, Adigoni, is Olympiakos up for vengeance or Panathinaikos. will extend this streak?
1: Um... First of all, I should say that this is a perfect Christmas gift. Uh, Two weeks ago, we got the Classic, and now we have this Derby. EuroLeague is treating us nicely uh, in this December. So to answer your question, I think Olympiakos will try to get revenge for the Greek League Derby. Um, For sure, they are in a better form and have a a better record in the EuroLeague. They are placed third. Although we should always keep in mind that, um, as Casey Rivers said to your hopes a few days ago, uh, there's no preparation for these games. Um, just because they're so tense and emotionally, emotionally loaded, uh, it's like you begin the season from scratch. And what has been done up to that point is less relevant, you know, and no matter what shape the team is in and the effectiveness of their game, I think it's more mental than physical when it comes to games like that. Um, and you can probably tell by the way Panathinaikos managed to get the win in the Greek League last month. Um, they used a fourth quarter momentum with Nedovich on fire. Everything worked in their favor, although it didn't seem like that in the beginning of the game.
0: You talked about the, the mental aspect of the whole things, And, uh, you know, some quotes by Olympiakos coach Yoros uh, Barjokas came to my mind. Uh, he specifically said that um, uh, we have to not let ourselves get uh, affected by our emotions, which are often extreme against Panathinaikos.
1: That's She's a very interesting
0: wrong. thing to, have, uh, to hear by Yoros Barjokas. Because, uh, to be honest right now, Joros Barzokas is one of those guys who has often exhibited extreme emotions during the games against uh, Olympiakos. And uh, obviously, he was also talking about uh, himself. Maybe he was having uh, himself first and foremost when he said that quote. Managing, uh, you know, managing the emotions, the extreme emotions of this game because this game has certain complexities. It's, as you said, it's unlike any other game. It's a very unique uh, situation between both meets. But when it comes to just basketball, Atigoni Olympiacos definitely has the upper hand. Well, I'm talking about specifically basketball-related things right now.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure, they do. Um, of course, they, they are up to the momentum, as I said uh, earlier. And Although they play on the road and they had had some trouble playing on the road this season, I believe that uh, they have more assets uh, to their toolbox this time. I'm talking specifically about some, um, let's say, improvals in the squad. Uh, For example, Hassan Martin, who can finally, you know, contribute to the game a bit more for Olympiakos he is getting back in form and I expect to see this difference happening in uh, the upcoming game between um, sorry uh, about how the minutes between him and Mustafa fall are distributed on the court. In the- a guy in the- like you know a guy like Mustafa Fall cannot play. Uh, throughout the game he needs his time off he needs some rest and Hassan Martin can cover up for him uh, in this game
0: yes because uh, Mustafa Fall played uh, actually almost 30 minutes in the Greek league uh, game between the uh, between the two teams uh, he was the best player of Olympiakos in that uh, match but he's not the guy he, a player of his size cannot play 70 minutes and, and uh, Hassan Martin play just three minutes, if not less. But uh, Hassan Martin has seen more playing time uh, recently. Uh, He had to recover from uh, an injury and his role on the court, uh, he performs better. He has been better. He hasn't been uh, the center Uh, last season. The last season's player was you know, one of the most effective big men in Euroliga. I'm talking about uh, his shooting, for example. He shot with a spectacular 72% on two-pointers. He doesn't score so much because uh, the basic center of because right now, uh, the alpha big man, if we can call him like that, is Mustafa Fall. And Last year it was Hasan Martin. Now the situation is a bit reversed and uh, Hasan Martin is the one who comes off the bench and who plays fewer minutes uh, rather than the other big man of the, of the squad. So uh, maybe we'll see, you know, Olympiakos having uh, even more solutions uh, on the front line. As for uh, Panathinaikos, on the other hand, uh, in Manian and Edovich, with trust Antigoni. Is that the motto?
1: Hey, right, I believe so. Because you've seen that happening already in the Greek league derby. He just stepped into the game and had his way. I believe he's definitely a psychology player. Uh, he was the game changer. He took matters into his own hands and basically that's what fuels him up. He he likes to have this effect on Panathinaikos, especially in games like that.
0: Nemanja Nedovic, who has been... Uh... You know, he has played uh, great. Even uh, before he had that uh, injury in a Greek league game that uh, uh, sidelined him for a couple uh, of games, he had truly returned to form. And, uh, you know, the turning point for him this season was the Greek league derby. Then he had some uh, some really strong games. He was also really good against uh, Barcelona. Despite the loss, he, was, he also scored 14 points at Ceseca Moscow, of course, the highlight was uh, the game against uh, Zenit St. Petersburg. He had the, the go-ahead the basket, he had 18 points. And, uh, you know, in the end, uh, Panathinaikos will look at him and uh, Adioan's Papa Petru to, you know, to provide the lot, uh, to lead the offense, uh, especially. And there's also George Papagianis. Uh, but Panathneikos will, uh, will also have to look again for the guy who can play the pick and roll with Papayanis because, you know, the, that point guard, that pass-first point guard uh, is still missing from Panathneikos. And uh, I'm sure Papayanis uh, would like to have a partner in crime in the pick and roll. Regarding sure. Kosa Antigonis, who's the guy that you expect uh, he'll lead the charge? Um,
1: prior to the recording, uh, as I was uh, thinking about it, I thought of uh, Sasha Vazenkov, but now that I I thought it through, I think it's Sasha Vazenkov and Tyler Dorsey together. The two complete each other on the court when they play together. Uh, Tyler Dorsey has shown he's a very efficient shooter, and he this season he manages to take shots in tough situations, which uh, is really important in in a derby like that. And uh, Sasa Sasevazhenkov has been at his peak this season, at, at his prime, let's say. Um, he's been so solid, and so efficient for Olympiakos. He knows how to um, get the team together and, uh, you know, try to give their best on the court
0: only you mentioned the uh, shooting and shooting was a key aspect of the Greek league game between the, the two teams and uh, the win of Panathinaikos and the loss of Olympiakos. On one hand, we saw Olympiacos shooting a very, very poor, a horrible 4 out of 27 from the three-point line. And uh, on the other side, Panathinaikos made 10 out of 28 threes. It's not a spectacular percentage for Panathinaikos. This, this number, this ratio is not Impressive at all, but Panathinaikos produced one three-pointer after the other in the last period and uh, turned the game around from down fourteen and managed to get the win. And uh, Olympiacos didn't respond to a zone defense that uh, coach Dimitris Priftis used. Uh, the Reds lost one three-pointer after the other. Do you believe that uh, coach Priftis will, you know, insist on that tactic and give these open shots to Olympiacos players? And perhaps so. the most important question is, will Olympiacos players make those shots right now? Uh,
1: um, I know that that's tough to guess, but I believe Priftis will stick to that plan. Uh, we've seen it in work in Panathinaikos' games throughout the season. And why not insist on that after you've won a game in the rival's home, you know? So the question about Olympiakos taking the shots and making them, um, I believe they have a better chance of doing so in regards to the uh, the Greek League Derby. Uh, some time has passed, the momentum is improved. Let's see. I, I cannot tell for sure, but I believe they will present a better face on the court.
0: To be honest with you, I can not see how... Tyler Dossier, for example, would have another game with just one out of seven three-pointers, for example. Or Costas Lucas, who is a solid shooter. He's not. He's not like the guy who you live alone from the three-point line. Will go zero out of uh, five. I mean, I can see the the zero out of four by Thomas my, by Thomas Wokap. He's not. He's not exactly famous for his shooting. For his shooting, but Tyler Dossier going uh, one out of seven and kostas Lucas going uh, O out of five. Uh, I, I, I can see these combinations happening again, but we'll see. As you said, it's tough to predict anything in this kind of games. You know, maybe, maybe Panathinaikos will also hold some surprises uh, for us uh, tactically, and maybe we'll not even see that uh, zone defense. You know. Uh, we talked about Olympiacos players underperforming in that game, but it wasn't like Panathinaikos played uh, super overall. I mean, Daryl Macon, the leading scorer of Panathinaikos in EuroLeague and one of the most efficient EuroLeague players, had an off-night in Pireus, so he might be impressive now. Mm-hmm, exactly. Against uh, Olympiacos, he, he had just six points in that game. Basically, it was, it was the Nemanja Nedovic fire that uh, fueled Panathinaikos to win. So stay tuned, everyone, for uh, the big derby of the Eternal uh, Rivals tonight at 8CT. Uh, besides that game, uh, Adigoni, we have uh, one postponement, the, the Milano against uh, Zalgiris Kaunas. So we are down three games on Thursday. We have uh, Anadolu Efes against Cervenas Vesta, which I believe has a clear and big favorite. I will be surprised if uh, Anadolu UFS not only win, but if they don't get a, comfor- a comfortable win. And right. we have uh, <laughs> Barcelona Unix Kazan. Now, here's uh, a must watch uh, game, uh, at least when it comes to, to my taste, because we have uh, the top placed of the EuroLeague uh, standings Barcelona, and we have uh, Unix Kazan, one of the pleasant surprises this EuroLeague season. And I'm saying, using the word surprise, not because they don't have a quality roster, but because uh, we haven't been used to Unix being in the playoffs spots and being legitimately a team that is post-season material. They haven't made the Unix playoffs since uh, 2012. And now they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven wins in the last uh, eight games, and uh, it's funny, their only loss came uh, to Olympiacos Pireus at home. Antigoni, can Unix oh. make the surprise and win at Barcelona?
1: If anything, they are the team that can beat Barcelona at, on the road. Um, so far, history has been on Barcelona side. They have seven wins as opposed to zero wins for Unix. But as you said, this team has been crazy as of lately. So many wins, such a, an impressive display in most of them. So regardless of name and history and everything, I believe that Unix has a good chance of giving Barcelona an upset um, this, this week.
0: You know, Unix plays uh, really balanced uh, basketball, uh, their offense and uh, defense. They're a very strong uh, defensive team, uh, actually, and uh, they don't play a really high-paced game, but uh, they are very efficient and they have many, many players who can uh, contribute. Uh, For example, uh, this is uh, really something that a coach uh, likes to see. You know, they have three players averaging uh, double figures. Two of them have very similar uh, scoring numbers. I'm thinking about Isaiah Kennan, who averages uh, 14.5 points per game. And then we have Mario Hezonia, who averages uh, 14.3 points per game. There's Lorenzo Brown, who's having uh, a, a super season after being a bit disappointed last year with Fenerbahce. Brown has uh, 20... Uh, has Sorry, has 12... 0.7 points per game and uh, 5.6 assists and uh, almost four rebounds per game. Among those three, Adigoni, uh, would you bet on uh, Mario Hezonia's revenge game?
1: Ah, uh, for sure. For sure, I would.
0: <laughs> you know, Mario Hesonia. I mean... Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, go ahead.
0: Mario Hezonia, it, it's not like he, he left Barcelona on bad terms of anything. Uh, usually, we associate uh, revenge games... Not just uh, with players who play against the former teams, but for players who, you know, who were pushed to the exit of their former team right. that they didn't uh, want to leave. But you know, uh, Hesonia is uh, is always highly motivated, and uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a personal wishful thinking at the that I like to see players having revenge games because there's there's so much mm-hmm. into it, so, so much drama, so much fun true. drama. <laughs>
1: True, and I believe most of us do. You know, it's always a an interesting story to to follow. You know.
0: Yes, from uh, you know, for our job, of course, as a journalist, it's it's some fun stuff to cover, but also as uh, people who love uh, basketball. So Unix uh, today, Barcelona Unix Kazan, nine city tuning guys. Uh, before that game, there's Alba Berlin against. Monaco, two teams that uh, are looking uh, to return to wins. Uh, Monaco is trying uh, to keep up with the playoff spots at 6-10 at this moment. And uh, Alba Berlin is uh, 5-11 and uh, is looking to to bounce back to wins after three losses in a row. Now, regarding tomorrow's games, we have the classic, as we said, Panathinaikos Olympiakos. Hopefully, nothing wrong will happen uh, until the the tip of because, as of now, Panathinaikos has registered two um, coronavirus cases among team members. According to the, the official site of the Greek League, one of those members is a player, so we know that Panathinaikos is down one player with coronavirus, coronavirus, excuse me, then we have Bayern Munich against Basconia, and Asvel Fenerbahce, Beko is uh, the last game of the first leg of the EuroLeague uh, regular season. Adigoni?
1: Time flies, first of all.
0: <laughs> Time flies, indeed. And uh, I'd like to ask you a question about uh, Asvel uh, Fenerbahce. On one hand, we have Fenerbahce going to France with uh, a sheer momentum. Four wins in a row after you know beginning the season uh, badly after after four losses in a row after after failing to even uh, win a second straight game they they haven't managed to register a second consecutive win before this uh, four game uh, winning streak. As well, is the on the completely opposite side. Uh, they have uh, lost track. They are they have four defeats in a row. Do you believe that Fener's streak will extend? Or that uh, Asvel will uh, finally break this kid.
1: Mm, I'm inclined to say that Fenerbahce won't face much struggle against Asheville at this point. Uh, I mean, their last few games have been kind of a disappointment, and I hope I'm not using a really harsh word for them. But it's just that uh, they had a a a great, you know game plan in the beginning of the season we were talking about them so much they were basically one of the topics in the EuroLeague and now these four consecutive losses have kind of taken away that that spike that sparkle in the team for sure I'm hoping that they will bounce back eventually but in this game uh, and right at this time that they play against Venerbahce I see it very difficult to happen.
0: Well, there's one thing that uh, Asvel uh, needs, uh, really needs to bounce back, and that's uh, Elio Kobo returning uh, to form. I mean, uh, the guy was playing uh, MVP basketball at the beginning of the season. <laughs> right. He looked uh, unstoppable and recently uh, has, he seems like he has completely lost uh, his shooting touch, his scoring touch. He hasn't been a contributor to the team. He has actually three straight games with single digit numbers in scoring and uh, worse than that, really bad shooting. We are talking about, you know, Elio Kobo went from uh, playing FvP basketball to being a, a negative factor for ASVEL, and that's uh, troubling. Of course, coach TJ Parker said that it's not a matter of Elio Kobo, this uh, decline of uh, ASVEL. it's a matter of the whole team not performing well, and uh, I can see what he said, uh, because if the whole team performs better, if other players also step up, it will help Okobo, it will uh, unload some pressure of the French players uh, back. Well, we'll see what will happen in this game. It may be, you know, Enelio Cobo come back or Fenerbahce showing that uh, they are here. They are, again, a force to be reckoned with. So that's it for the, ahead of the first leg of the EuroLeague regular season. Uh, Hopefully, without any other coronavirus problems. Right, Adigoni?
1: For sure. For sure let's hope everything will be okay and games will be played as scheduled.
0: Yes, no more coronavirus cases, please and uh, no Yes, more please problems. indeed. Uh, let this uh, last round of the first leg of the Euroleague uh, regular season at least be completed as normal as possible. Uh, or to, to say some good news because uh, we are we have been saying really some really bad news recently with so many coronavirus cases. Congratulations to Digita who, who his, uh, he just
1: became a father, a father. again. Yes. Again, uh, he's, or he's, he's had kids? I don't, I don't remember I don't right know
0: really. I will uh, I will lie to you because I don't know. Whatever the case is, his uh, his partner Chiara gave birth to a to a girl, a little girl. So congratulations, Gigi. Uh, this is some <laughs> some really good news. So the best news of
1: the day, for, for sure. Day.
0: The best news for the day. Anyway, that's a wrap for uh, today and for the last Eurohopod of the first leg of the 2021-22 Euroleague uh, regular season. Adigoni, where can people listen to our rumblings?
1: You can always find us on Spotify. Just search for Eurohoop Pod. Click follow to stay updated for future episodes. And we're also available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and on anchor.fm/slash Eurohoops.
0: Thank you, Adigoni. And uh, thank you, everyone, from uh, Adonis Togilakis and uh, Adigon Zahari, of course. Uh, have a Merry Christmas. Enjoy. Enjoy holidays, the first part of the holidays uh, at least, because we will also talk again before 2022 enters our lives, uh, next week, uh, when uh, we will... uh, we will hopefully be talking about how there are no more coronavirus problems <laughs> and all the True. Games Let's are hope. Held normally and every player is available. Well, every player won't be available because some players will take long to return to courts. But uh, we won't we'll be talking just about basketball matters. Farewell, everyone.